August 27th, Dublin, Ireland. The plucky upstarts from Evanston traveled to the Emerald Isle for a clash on the gridiron against the Corn Huskers of Nebraska. Head coach Scott Frost's merry men leapt out to a 14-3 lead only to relinquish it before halftime, going down 17-14. Humbled by the halftime deficit, the Huskers hurried out to a 28-17 lead in the third quarter. Then it all changed after a dastardly, deceitful deed planned by the Huskers' head coach in the form of a surreptitiously sneaky, sly, and onside kick attempt. The Wildcats of Northwestern were ready for it, and they pounced on the pointy pigskin and then pummeled their way down the shortened field to cut the deficit to 28-24. The fighting Fitzgeralds found themselves emboldened by the erroneous endeavor of their foes and took the lead 31-28 into the fourth quarter. The Huskers' hopes of a heroic revival rested on one final drive with 97 yards of the field to travel after a pinpoint precision prolific punt by the plucky Pumas. Finally, an ill-fated interception befell the befuddled lads from Lincoln and the Wildcats added to the woes of the haunted Huskers. Final score, Wildcats 31, Huskers 28. Welcome everybody to the Sickos Committee Podcast. We're going to do a recap of week zero, which was incredibly fun, and I think more than any of us could have ever asked for on that one. As always, my name is Jordan. I'm the VP of Graphic Design, along with many other titles. And we're joined tonight by Commissioner Escalante and two members of the committee, Rob and Pete. Let's get going, guys. Let's start with uh, Commissioner. How do we feel about week zero? It was a blast. Uh, I'm definitely glad to be back talking about real college football again. It wasn't that many games, but each game was fantastic. It was just amazing to watch and just really glad to have football back. Rob, what did you think about week zero? Yeah, I I think that uh, just that fact that you're so desperate to have football back, you'll just be, you know, the minute like Austin Pay is is playing uh, Western Kentucky, like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, maybe later in the season, you'll be like, oh, whatever. But just to have football back, it's great. It's, it's amazing when you're starved for football that just the littlest thing like, oh, Western Kentucky is hosting an FCF school. Yeah, I'm, I'm on that. Uh, Pete, how did you feel about Week Zero? You know, it, it was great. And as uh, Chief Medill grad of the Secos Committee, obviously delighted by uh, the big opener of Northwestern Nebraska. But there were delights to be found throughout the day, probably peaking for me, really, with Florida A&M's quarterback just throwing it all over what looks to be a wretched North Carolina defense. And so good to have football back and so good to have little surprises that often don't show up in the final result, but really make every weird game worth watching. Let's jump into our first game game the irish game the ireland game we had absolutely amazing graphics we had music that was vaguely irish and we had nebraska absolutely coming apart at the seams which we felt like was going to happen but it all came true Kamish, your thoughts on the ireland game so uh, if nebraska fans want to get mad at me it's completely fine i, I was wearing the only Nebraska shirt I purchased from home field and I thought it was going to be good luck. I got a little excited when they went up 28-17 and I was like, all right, let's go. And then uh, when I said that, <laughs> the next play that happened was what everybody's probably going to be talking about this week and never, uh, I, I don't I don't think Scott Frost is, is going to be able to live that one down for a while or, or if ever, honestly. I, I will say, as, as a non-Medill grad, I did wear a Northwestern shirt. So Ooh. this may have been, this may, this may be me. What were you sporting, Jordan? 
Uh, I was sporting the home field uh, drum major shirt. Oh. I'm a band geek, so the drum major thing for my favorite shirts. I look good in purple. It's a good color on me. So I bought it, and I was like, you know, I was wearing something else in the morning, and I was like, you know, I'm going to switch to this this shirt for this game, and lo and behold, it happened. You know, we can talk about the numbers, stuff like that, but let's talk about some of the stuff around the game that was so much fun. The free beer. I can't fathom, in the States at least, a stadium going, hey guys, our internet's down, we can't take payments, y'all just want to drink? And it just seems like such a beautiful Irish thing. Rob, what did you see about that? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm wondering about that. Do they have they stopped using cash in Ireland? I don't know. I don't keep up on whatever's going on in the European Union, but um, yeah, that, that was crazy. Because just reading the descriptions of it, it, it it sounded like people were just like in a circle getting free beer, that drinking it while they went back online, and then just getting and like there's incidentally a football game over here while everyone's getting wasted. Yeah, one of our one of our committee members, Kai, actually said was was there and said mm-hmm. that. Basically, he was just doing laps. You could get two drinks. You'd get the two, go back in. I think he spent the entire second quarter just sort of getting drinks. And, you know, honestly, probably was a better way to spend that second quarter, depending on who you were supporting. The other thing that surprised me about that game was, well, I guess not surprising because because of all that free beer, the cup snake they made. I So have you guys ever seen? I didn't know about the, the cup snake as a phenomenon. Have we ever seen this before? No, I've, I've seen a wizard staff before uh, made out of cans. And you can see just how tall you've drunk in a given night. But, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the beer snake was definitely a first on tv for me yeah i've, uh, I've, I've literally never seen it I, I've, I've seen them it, it's kind of like a baseball thing i guess from gotcha. what i can see a lot you'll see like cubs games the bleacher bums uh they'll, oh, they'll okay, do something okay. like that uh, they'll get wild uh and just like stack cup snakes i think there was a point where where like the staff would go and purposely break up the cup snakes or or take them away so they i guess kind of went away but uh the irish were just like yeah you know let's let's go let's let them have fun I, I don't think they really expected the cup snake either but that was i mean it felt like it stretched from the the first deck to like the second deck of the no they were, they, they were absolutely putting cups on from the second deck which, okay. which was absolutely beautiful. I, we were talking about other teams we'd like to see, because once we realized that the beer would be free, all of a sudden we start, you know, free associating. What teams else, do, what teams could have been there to make this better? Wisconsin would have been tons of fun. Uh, Washington State probably would have burned the stadium down. Like, these are all great choices. So thumbs up to the Ireland game. We just need to send better representatives of like our good drinking college culture there as well. Pete, you wanted to come on here and tell us a little about Pat Fitzgerald and the bowl win uh, or Pat Fitzgerald and your bowl win theory. I, I want to hear this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Northwestern coach Pat Fitzgerald, a lot of people are talking about his Irish heritage, possibly powering Northwestern's uh, improbable comeback in addition to Scott Frost's, you know, impeccably poor taste in game decisions uh, with onside kicks with a chance to allegedly steal the game with 24 minutes to go. But what's really going on with Fitz is he values bowl wins of any kind more than anything else. And the way I know this, you know, I went to Northwestern and Northwestern has been in a total of I believe, yes, 16 bowls in the history of the program, of which 10 of them have been under Fitz. And part of this... Wow. Man, he is... Once again, you know, uh, Chairman Escalante, last week, we hadn't realized he was like 31 when he took the program over. And now he's... Wow. He is the program. Wow. Yeah, and, and he's made quite a tour. So he's got an Alamo Bowl, an Outback Bowl, a Car Care Bowl of Texas via Meineke. 
Ticket okay, City yeah. Bowl, Gator Bowl, Outback Bowl again, Pinstripe Bowl, Music City, Holiday, and Citrus Bowl most recently. And at some point relatively early in his tenure, he decided all that mattered was to win a bowl because Northwestern hadn't won one since literally the 1949 Rose. So uh, we were over a 60-year bowl win drought. And I don't know how much fans and players actually cared, but Fitz thought this was the biggest deal in the entire world. And so I, I don't know if you remember this, but he literally had a backpack that looked like a monkey made that he would wear himself and occasionally force his players to wear to represent the monkey on their back, which was failing to win. Again, not a Big Ten championship. No, no, no. That's yeah, too big, too big. <laughs> like, literally winning any bowl. Like, if they had ever managed to win the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl, like, the monkey's off their back. The program's great. Gotta fill up that trophy case. Exactly. They a trophy case with, like, like, what? Like, six in there? Before he right. took over? Well, one. Actually, one. Okay. one they had some runner-up trophies before he got there, maybe. I don't know what they do for, you know, the losers of the 2003 Motor City Bowl, but Northwestern had that prior to his you arrival. You get a quart of oil for that one, I think. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah, you get, a, you, get, you get an oil change and a coupon for, like, free wipers. Now I'm, now I'm wondering if, if Pat Fitzgerald is the coach with the most different bowl wins. I'm going to have to might I'm gonna be, have to look I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. He doesn't actually have that many wins, though. So they finally got the monkey off their back with the 2013 Gator Bowl, which was over Mississippi State. Then they got absolutely run off the field in the 2016 Outback Bowl by Butch Jones's best Tennessee team. But then they won back-to-back -back Pinstripe, Music City, and Holiday Bowl. And then most recently, they beat the Kevin Steele-led Auburn team in the 2021 Citrus, which may or may not have really sealed Kevin Steele's fate as not the permanent head coach. I can't remember if Harson was hired by then or not. Fitz lost the Outback Bowl twice, the first of which was the greatest bowl game in history, in which Mike Kafka threw for more than 500 yards on 78 attempts with four touchdowns and five picks, uh, yeah, in losing to pre-Cam Newton Gene Chizik Auburn. But... Oh but anyway, I, I bring all this up because Fitz's mentality, I, I actually have a, my wife's cousin works for the Edinburgh Football Club Rangers, and they have a trophy room, and it's just full, and all of it is from meaningless friendlies that they lost for the most part. Um, <laughs> but the trophy room is full. It's an astonishing thing, just wandering around all the variants you can find. So Fitz is collecting those, and uh, he clearly regarded the uh, Aer Lingus Classic against Nebraska as a preseason bowl game. And therefore, he's never wanted to win anything more because it was Ireland. And even though they were horrible last year, went three and nine and should have been worse than that. He, in his mind, he made it to the first ever preseason bowl game. I watched, I listened rather, to the post-game radio show on WGN. And he was asked about the experience. He was talking about how they were going to build on it. But what he really emphasized repeatedly was that they got a trophy for winning this game. Is, is Pat Fitzgerald a hoarder? I, I mean, if if it looks like it might be sold at the Waterford Crystal Shop or Precious Moments, then yes. And he's got to put it in a display case and, I don't know, put a clock next to it that speaks to how long it is since they've lost control of this trophy that's only been given once. I mean, they are now the, the Irish national champion. They 
they they took the crown from Georgia Tech. They are now the Irish oh, national right. champions. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. They won the last game that played in Ireland. So we crowned them the Irish national champion. Yeah, uh, undisputed. Unfortunately, Northwestern's history after winning bowls is pretty poor. And in fact, Fitz has generally done better after losing a bowl in the following season than after winning one. So a uh, quick rundown. So the first win was the Rose Bowl, 1949. They were 10-1. Otto Graham was the quarterback, one of the great NFL QBs in history, won a ton of titles with the Browns. The next year, they went 4-5. and five. And they didn't even attend another bowl until 1995. So had a pretty oh, cold streak after that. Then uh, 2016, uh, sorry, 2013, they won the Gator Bowl, got the monkey off their back, and immediately went five and seven the next year. And that one was particularly uh, heartbreaking. They hosted game day against Ohio State, and they were five and zero oh at the time, and they lost their last seven. So that the bull curse took a while oh, to show up man. then. 2017, uh, sorry, December 28th, 2016, they won the Pinstripe Bowl, and they were actually good the next year. So that's a, a very rare exception. They went 10 and three, and were actually a better team than the year before. Then they won the Music City Bowl. Many apologies to Kentucky. That was a brutal game where I believe, oh gosh, I can't even think of his name. He's on the Steelers, the running back who got ejected for accidentally getting knocked over by a referee. It was a hideous game. Oh, Penny Snell. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Penny Snell, yes. The worst yeah. ejection I've ever saw, seen. Yeah. And the next year, they technically won the Big Ten West, but I really do want to emphasize technically because they barely went one and two with losses to Akron and to Duke. I believe they had three overtime wins in that season, and they were just hideous. Like, the actual archetype of what's the least you can do and win a division, Northwestern set that year, went on. They beat Utah in a bowl and then immediately went three and nine. And then they had that magical 2020 run where they made the Big Ten Championship game again, beat Auburn, and immediately went 3-9 and nine again. And so my great fear is a lot of Northwestern fans are feeling upbeat. This team is exceeding expectations. I've been fading them forever. I don't think there's any recovery with this current staff. I think Fitz has not done a good job replacing Hankwitz, but I, I will stop being serious about Northwestern football and just say that since he's already won a bowl this year, in his mind, I don't think he's even going to care whether he qualifies for one later. And we may be looking, 1-11 is on the table. I, th I think that they showed a lot of heart. They got that hardware. Fitz hoist hoisted the trophy. There was a presentation. Bring your champions. There's our meet. Uh, actually photoshopped a crystal football helmet onto Fitz. At least I hope it's photoshopped. I'll check. It's possible it's real. And if so, like he may just retire. Probably yeah, he own. may just retire and wear the crystal football helmet full time if it's real. This is this is really feeling like Star Trek movies. You get a good one and a bad one. It's never it's never consistent. All the evens are good. All the all the odds are bad. So I feel like Northwestern's really like okay, we had our oh it was our like Wrath of Khan year. Things were really good. Like oh no, now we're in search for Spock. Things got really bad. That I'm looking at it now and seeing just we won a minor bowl. We made ourselves rings for some reason and possibly commemorative sweatshirts. And wait, wait, wait. There was always, a, there always was a ring for this? No, not, not for oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh, I, 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 I guarantee you that if they don't make a bowl this year, there will oh, be a ring for this man. game. And I they will somehow it. try to make a shamrock that looks like an N or a wildcat or both. And it will be made out of amethyst and they'll just march with pride through the streets of Dublin forevermore. Thank you for that bit of Northwestern history. I I was not aware about the, we'll call it a drought, post the 49 Rose Bowl. Awesome. Well, I know, Pete, you got to get going. Thank you so much for sharing, man. 
So yeah, the Nebraska game was basically what we thought it was going to be. It ended up being this issue of Nebraska not being able to find that gear and just coming up short. Nebraska has a special teams coach now, which is great. However, I'm not sure that maybe they used him. Maybe that was the problem. I'm not sure about that game was Nebraska has lost seven straight games all by single digit. The Cornhuskers in the first major college team in the AP pool era to do this goes back to 1930s. We want Nebraska to be better. We love Nebraska fans. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's like you just keep flipping the same coin and getting the same the wrong result every time. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It should work at some point. I mean, at some point, you know, it's it's. I think it's maybe 50-50 bad luck, bad coaching. But I hope it gets better because it's just sad at this. point. I, I, I am going to send a voodoo priestess from my my home in in New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm gonna send one up to Lincoln, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do lift that voodoo hex over Lincoln. I don't know what's going on. I definitely want to say as well that uh, Casey Thompson, our Texas transfer. Nebraska is our current Detmer leader. If you don't know what the De- or Detmer stat is, it basically takes into account how much you throw, how many yards you throw in a game, and then what happens with it. We want TDs or interceptions, nothing in between. And with a 1.33 Detmer, Casey Thompson is our current leader. We love the Ireland game. We definitely want to see more more international games in weird places with weird teams. Our next game is Western Kentucky and Austin P. Austin Pie, Pay, P. I think it's Austin P. The big takeaway, besides it being the first game of the day, was also that Western did not look like Western. No, they, they didn't, and it, it's, it's kind of tough to duplicate what they did last year. But I, I was really, really excited to see this game. I mean, as soon as that CBS music fired up, and it was just like, da, 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 da. Austin P and Western Kentucky. I was like, yes, let's go. I've never been so excited. They, they had shots of like somebody grilling in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I, I've never been so fired up to be uh, in Bowling Green, Kentucky watching football. It, it, it was amazing. Ready to run through a wall for Austin, the Austin P Governors and the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Just random things that are mascots. We love it. Well, you, yeah. well, you see big, big red running out there. I mean, you're going to get psyched up. Oh yeah, guaranteed. Uh, our only, our beloved college mascot, who was also part of an Italian court case, and I think it was a, it was a lawsuit about likeness rights. One of the weirdest stories ever. If you, if you haven't found it, I'll, I'll post it on the Twitter account at some point. But yeah, Western Kentucky's mascot, the Hilltopper, was absolutely brought up in Italian court, and one of the weirdest things I have literally ever seen. And, and just that image of Big Red standing next to his lawyer. So I just love that. <laughs> yep. And and not for a murder charge like we all figured it would be. <laughs> no. Not because not he ate anyone or anything. He no, just... definitely not because he ate a cheerleader. No. Not uh, that or or I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he secretes meth. I'm not sure about that. But meth might come from his orifices. I don't know how he works. I have not taken that class. Yeah, Western just kind of came out flat. It had they had some rain, they had some weather issues, they had some pesky FCS issues, but they just came out flat. It was it was a fun game. It was a, again the weather issues it had. There was just like there was only rain in one spot in the entire state of Kentucky, and it was basically in Bowling Green. <laughs> uh, Austin P was just random weird fumbles, like slippery footballs. Uh, it was it was a a lot of fun and and i will recommend the austin p the person just 
if you get bored one night, just take a look at his wiki. There was some weird political things along with shootouts of rivals. And it's an interesting read if you ever get bored and you want to check it out. It was very fascinating the first time I I saw it. It also had probably my favorite video clip of the entire weekend. The Austin P quarterback after he threw a brutal interception, trying to chase down the D-back who had the ball. And at the very end, flailing its Uh arms in a very whoop, 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 like like very Zoidberg (laughs) moment, trying trying to catch him and just absolutely failing at it (laughs) it was beautiful i don't know what he was thinking besides gotta do something but Mm. oh i just (laughs) gonna save that one for the entire season it's beautiful so next up our beloved yukon huskies guys they showed some fight jim mora may have this thing at least turned in the correct direction i mean they ran the ball they ran the ball very well that's that's a key part of the game so you're you're going from like zero function to like art we have like one element of the game we can do now sky's the limit from there we do want to say that yukon didn't win the game they came within no. 11 which which is pretty good and especially because yeah. they were in logan utah it was like 92 degrees degrees out and altitude logan's at about 5500 feet so they were fighting lots of things and still looked pretty good you know they went up 14 nothing and then they scored an extra touchdown after their quarterback got hurt uh and he got knocked out so they were doing this with a true freshman like never played never thrown a pass and his first pass was an interception but it didn't hurt him they still went up 14 nothing they fought it hard utah state took a 24 14 lead they were battling the entire way they ran the ball relatively well they got to within 24 20 there was this weird questionable pass interference call that allowed a utah state they're down conversion late in the fourth quarter and then Utah State was able to put it away but I mean they they fought hard and it seemed like the kids last year with like the Edsel situation with the with the interim coach situation it it was a bad situation all around but I'm really glad that they played really hard I was really happy for the Husky faithful and I mean that's our number two ranked sickos team Uh, we want them to do well We, we were joking about the beginning of the year of potential bowl game for UConn after seeing that I mean, we don't sound as crazy. I mean, we still sound crazy, but maybe not as crazy. No, I mean, four and eight is definitely possible. And that would be huge for them at, at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all on board the Husky Revolution. I, I was not sure, but I am absolutely on this Husky Revolution. We have our Husky Revolutionary that I feel like it's going to get lots of play this year. Our, our image that I absolutely love. By the way, when, when you, when you try to AI generate things that are like Husky Dog in French Revolution, comma oil painting, you get lots of really like gory, bloody things. I, I sent you guys like the, like the nice ones, but they were like guillotines in some of them. Oh got, no! Yeah, no, it got it got really dark really fast. I don't know what Maybe that, that the American Revolution instead of the French. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, like in my mind, when I saw Husky Revolution, I was like, oh, I want I want him in like the big like the, the, the coat that he's in, like that big blue coat yeah, with a nice coat. like tie. Yeah, the, but the yeah, Napoleon oh man, yes, they were like they were like guillotines. It's, oh, it got it got dark real fast. Next week, UConn is. They got Central Connecticut State. Oh, that's right. They got Central Connecticut State coming at home. That could be a pretty easily winnable game for them. Central Connecticut State is not great. Then you got Syracuse coming into town. The Paul Pasqualoni Bowl. And then we'll we'll talk about them going to Michigan. Let's fold in two sort of together. We had two teams, two teams both like in dignity, in fair West Texas slash East New Mexico where we lay our scene. New Mexico State and UTEP both had home games. They both almost sold out their stadium, or did. They both ended up with rain delays, and they both couldn't quite get over the hump. UTEP 
took on North Texas and got palindromed, unfortunately, 1331, while New Mexico State took on Nevada with all their new everything and ended up losing 23 to 12. Both of these games were a lot of fun. New Mexico State got the ESPN2 treatment, which was super fancy, uh, while UTEP managed to be on Stadium, which apparently has a deal with Conference USA that I did not know about. So New Mexico State ended up with the better TV slot. Kamish, anything about those two games? No, the UTEP one, they, they kept, I guess, shooting themselves in the foot in the first half. I mean, they got inside the red zone twice. They got to the two-yard line and snapped the ball over their home quarterback's head off to the side and just, like, went away with no points. They were, it was 14-13 and half, and I was like, maybe they can stop shooting themselves in the foot, but they, they could not. The one thing about the Sun Bowl, though, it was, I mean, it was rocking. There was, like, a, a DJ. There was, like, a weird club atmosphere. There was, like, a quinceanera atmosphere. <laughs> like, the DJ was going from weird song to weird song. I mean, at one point, the Venga bus was coming, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> it, uh, 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 thunder. And I'm like, what was going on? <laughs> like, and I was just really confused because, like, the commentators were just trying to commentate, and you could just hear the music. I mean, it was incredibly loud. I'm sure the atmosphere was great. The, the miners didn't play up to the atmosphere, but it's just... You know, it felt like that they just couldn't get the ball moving. But, I mean, the, the Sun Bowl was rocking. They had that that weird, like, one side you'd, you'd see, like, crazy lightning, and then you'd pan over to the other side. It's a double rainbow. I think somebody said El Paso is, like, it's an actual alien landscape on Earth. So that was in one of our replies, but... Yeah, it was a great atmosphere. It was fantastic. New Mexico State, Las Cruces. The fun part, Las Cruces was taking a dig at UTEP. It was like, ah, no lightning delays here. And then like 10 minutes later, they had a lightning delay. New Mexico State, though, first safety of the year, baby. That's they, right. They get the honor. They uh, they didn't do anything. It just Nevada basically snapped it over the quarterback's head. He he recovered it in the end zone. But I don't, I don't know. New Mexico State's quarterback has got, he's a gunslinger. I mean, he, he was running for his life, but he was running all over and just slinging the ball everywhere. Nevada didn't look that great, but like they just did enough to win and just, just kept putting it out of reach. Nevada's under entirely new management. They have no one coming back. But they got the safety first. So that's, that's, that's the right. most important. That's the important yeah, thing. Safety first. Once you yeah. safety, okay, got it. That's I'm, I'm someone sorry, mental, I'll leave. <laughs> someone, someone, no, 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 no. Someone mental note me for a T-shirt or a design for later on. We need a safety first design. That's right. safety, and then we hold the the safety first. The prayer hands, yeah. Uh, we're still on this UTEP Bullbound Express. Well, UTEP coming up has they're going to Oklahoma next week, so that may be a rough one. But the next week, the week after that, on September 10th, the Battle of I-10 is on. At the Sun Bowl. If you've never, if you guys have never watched New Mexico State UTEP, it is always, it is a good rivalry game that is like this weird blood feud between these two towns that are not that far apart. But even though both those towns are a thousand miles from anything else, and it is a great game, it is always weird. It's usually windy for whatever reason. It's beautiful. They've played that game like 90-something times. It is, a, it is an old rivalry. I mean, it's the only rivalry game that I know that has two different rivalry trophies. So you get two for the price of one rivalry game. You get two trophies. It's like brass, platoon, and then like a shovel. Someone tell Pat Fitzgerald that. He's really going to get excited. <laughs> oh, he's going he's gonna to go to New Mexico State. He's got to fill up his trophy case. <laughs> Let's see, they've played... That game's been played 98 times. We're almost up on the 100th game meeting of... 
So this would be the ninety nine next year's a hundred. Oh yeah, nine, sorry, yeah. So ni- this this one's the ninety nine. Next one's a hundred. Oh, we we may have to make a trip out there. We may have to go. The first year <laughs> they the played was nineteen fourteen. Okay, I mean that may be a fun one to go. The hundredth anniversary game. I, I'm I'm thinking that there were some other fun during the day. Florida State and Duquesne. Florida State looked pretty good the whole time. We thought that Wyoming Illinois was going to be more interesting than it ended up being. Wyoming just sort of got run over. But we will go to our nightcap, a game that I think surprised us all. Vandy, you went to Hawaii and beat that ass. <laughs> I, I'm so happy for you. Oh, man. Anchor of gold. I, guys, I'm really happy for you guys. Dude, I mean, it, like Hawaii went up 7 nothing. I'm like, okay, we may have a game here. And then Vandy goes back. Okay, it's 7-7. Seven, seven. I'm like, all right. And then the next play after that, uh, Hawaii fumbles, uh, scoop and score, essentially. Or, like, was it the linebacker, like, hit the ball and it popped up in the air perfectly for yeah, the it was It was something runner. that was so dumb. Yeah. God. It was, like, a perfect, you know, tackle, fumble recovery for a touchdown. And then it's 14-7. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, then Hawaii fights back. I'm like, okay, it's 14-10. All right, we got a game. And then I don't know what happened. The machine, of the, the Commodore 64. What, is it the Commodore 64? Yeah, that's it. That's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go with that. Go, go with, with it. it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I messed that up. But <laughs> the Commodores just went, they went off. I mean, their quarterback was running all over the place. I, I just don't think Hawaii had the depth. And I mean, with the coaching situation, their stadium situation, it's going to take some time for Timmy Chang to get some things working. And that's why he got that long deal. Vandy did. They set, like, historical records in their program in this game. I mean, was it the most points for Vandy since 1969? And and Mac Brown, the head coach of North Carolina, was a running back on that team for Vandy. If you haven't, <laughs> by the way, if, if you haven't ever looked up pictures of young Mac Brown, do yourself that favor because it looks <laughs> fake. It looks Mac like Brown some sort of some Benjamin lettuce, Button man. situation. Uh, it's really scary. <laughs> Somebody said it looked like Lego hair. He did. But uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I mean, with the, their largest non-conference road win since 1941. I think there was another. Vandy has only won by 40 on the road just six times since the end of World War One. Staying up late and passing the Hawaii test for me personally seeing that last touchdown with like two minutes left got us all these weird and wonderful Vandy stats so it was completely worth it yeah I mean yeah no Vandy looked amazingly competent and they have a quarterback now you know that's that's all you want for Vandy is like when they have to play these other SEC powers just don't get completely you know destroyed so quickly (laughs) and you know at least now they look like they might have a fighting chance so there's a lot of teams like this where our biggest hope is that they can be pesky, that they'll steal one. They'll get they'll, they'll play something just dangerous enough that they will make someone re- rethink playing them. So that it's not just an easy thing. And I think that this Vandy team has a well, we'll see, because as, like again, like Anchor of Gold says, don't get too excited. The Vandy fans were all like, oh, let's throw some breaks on this shit. You guys are being way too excited. We're known about to this. get carried away. We know how this goes. Anything. And like, OK, so, I get that. Uh, I get that. Keep us in check a little bit. But yeah, Vandy is, Vandy's looking better. And that makes me very happy. Vandy, let's see, coming up, gets Elon at home, gets Wake at home. Wake, who we have no clue about. And then 
God, that weird, weird game where Vandy's going to DeKalb, Illinois. Yeah, that feels like when like everyone else has their schedule done except Vandy in Northern Illinois. It's like, all right, I guess we have to play each other now. There's, there's nothing left. The last two teams on the side of the dance is like, hey, <laughs> yeah, fine, yeah, right. I guess we'll go. I guess we'll go together. Fine. <laughs> this this feels like this feels like every time I play old NCAA football games, on, and I'm like, oh, I gotta fill this schedule somehow. Well, okay, fine. Who's available week six? Okay, fine. Oh, God. I'll take Northern Illinois, whatever. Fine. We'll wrap up on some of our favorite things from this weekend, just in general. Things of the week, we'll call it, because of course, we'll call it something. Uh, my first thing, thing of the week that I love, FAU's helmets, nice and red with the Florida, like the Florida outline with the Atlantic straight down it, and the Hawaii helmets that look so good with the actual islands on it. I love helmets when they have like state outlines on that. I don't know what it is about me. State flags as well. Love these things. Maybe we got to get Maryland to do a state outline instead of the crazy flag. You put the flag in the outline is what you do. Okay, that's it. Sold. Maryland's going to do it now. We also had, it was also a big weekend for mascots. Duke's Mayo released Tubby, the Nightmare from Beyond. He's got eyebrows. He looks like, I'm going to say, I'll say this. He looks like he should be on a list somewhere. Like he shouldn't be able to live too close to schools. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. Like, oh like, he'll ha- like, 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 <laughs> Tubby looks like he should have to inform his neighbors that he's moving in. Oh, uh, and blooper from the Braves, absolutely trucking some child in a peewee football match. I don't know what it is about mascots and peewee football, but after I posted that and the Goldie Gopher video today, people have been sending us all these compilation YouTube videos of mascots absolutely destroying children playing football, and it's beautiful. <laughs> Go through them; it's amazing. It's a thing. <laughs> Oh, man. If you want to watch like seven year olds get launched by a dude in a furry costume, that's what it is. <laughs> it's oh, always man. a preseason game. It, it's the best halftime thing. I wonder if that's what happened to the Ravens mascot. He was trying to truck somebody and then he had to he get had, carted he, off. He ended up having a torn ACL, I believe. Like he had a like he had a, he had a real injury. I know. I'm like, I hope the, the person that was in the costume was okay. The funny thing is we were worried about it. We're like, what happens? And then all of a sudden they said, Poe, the, the Raven was back. And I was like, it made me think. I'm like, do they have an emergency backup mascot? Like the emergency backup goalie in the NHL? I was like, there's an E-bomb uh, instead of an E-bug. <laughs> I mean, like, is it like a kid that, <laughs> like, you know, a hot dog vendor that has to become Poe or something? <laughs> That they got hey, put down your tray of Dr. Pepper, Larry Culpepper. You're going to be Poe tonight. I think, I, I think it's really, it's like, there is a creepiness to it about seeing a mascot come to, go down and then like just pop back up a quarter later, like everything's fine. Oh, I don't know what you were talking about. Nothing ever happened to, to Poe. I've been Poe this whole time. <laughs> like that's, that's creepy. I, I can't believe how many Edgar Allan Poe puns were were uh, oh, y'all, y'all were sent our way after we posted them. Funny as hell, that was great. It was amazing. The telltale hurt. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome reply. Other things that we enjoyed this week were weather delays, an absolute, a, a great H, a two great HBCU games. Plus, got to watch Florida A and M in their beautiful uniforms take on UNC. Really glad that they got to make that trip. Glad that they got that they played well with all the stuff that's going on with them. That was a weird game too. Like North Carolina had lightning in the area, so they gave us like the oh, all right. twenty-two yes. view of the game, and it was weird. Like, like I think I, I was the one that made the tweet. It was like it looked like I was watching game film from a game that. Happened happened in the past but it was actually happening live 
So it was yeah, very the camera weird. also had a the camera but, also had a very um, like, two thousand five quality about it. For some reason, it just like the colors weren't right, and it just felt grainy. Felt like like someone's last known photograph. I was playing Madden on the flip cam. That's what it felt like. I mean, my favorite thing from yesterday's games was I, I want to say there was the running back for Nevada at one point just jumped like he was going to hurdle someone, but there wasn't anyone there. Like it was totally looked like someone hit the button on the <laughs> controller. It was like, oh, wrong button. And then he just went back to running this normal. And that was probably my favorite thing from yesterday. Yeah, that was that was what I think I said. It looked like he was about to like hurdle somebody, but like there was nobody there, so it just looked like he was really happy to get the first down. Yeah, it's right. it like we first down. Week, week zero is great because for this very reason, like everyone gets to watch these games, these games that probably wouldn't get the, the eyes on them. Because next week we'll have week one and it'll be full of other stuff that's really big. And luckily it's spread out over the course of the long Labor Day weekend. Even though, hey, Georgia Tech, we're all going to watch you play Clemson on Monday night. We're all going to watch that. You know that, right? But the rest of the weekend is going to be a lot of fun with lots of things going on. <laughs> so, I'm scared. I, but, but this first weekend, you know, we had so much weirdness and we're just happy to share it with you guys. It's been a great season so far. We'll keep it going. We'll be back later on this week with a preview of the stuff coming up. Everyone have a great week. Enjoy the first yeah. couple days without college football before we get to the fun stuff on Thursday for our first game. Have a great week and we'll see you later on.